yeah, that was the play uh, to get it to Ant. I just wanted to make sure that no matter what, you know, it was a perfectly executed play. The guys executed it just beautifully. They really did, and Ant shot the ball. So we need to get the last shot. You know, we don't want to get them a shot at it. I mean, and you can't do it. It's just, you know, Ant was it was beautiful. I mean, point two on the clock. Even if he misses that shot, I mean, point two, they got a dang near miracle for them to make a shot uh, for us, against us. We just go in overtime with him again, but, and hit a big time shot. They tried to come and fire though. You know, the way we cleared the whole right side out, that fire was gonna be coming from the, you know, from the left, and left side, so he would have been up and still get to his right. He just did, he made a heck of a play, kind of split it, because they did come on the double team, but he just, he wasn't, he wasn't taking no for an answer on that. He had been struggling a little bit, you know, he hadn't been feeling great, but his energy was pretty low, but he, man, he made a big time shot. Hey Rip City, this is Anthony Simons, and it's time to open the briefcase with Casey Hodo. Greetings, Blizzard fans, and welcome to the briefcase, episode 75 of the briefcase. I am your host, Casey Holdall. And that was Trailblazers head coach Chauncey Billups discussing Anthony Simons' game winner versus the Brooklyn Nets at Moda Center on an icy Wednesday night. Anthony Simons hits the injury report with illness, something he's been battling for a couple weeks now, actually. Doesn't have a very good game, comes on strong in the fourth quarter. The Nets, who in the previous matchup with the Trailblazers, did everything they possibly could to take the ball out of Anthony Simons' hands, let him get a catch, let him get to his right hand, let him get past his good buddy Mikael Bridges, and finished with the floater for the game winner that gave the Blazers their second victory versus the Nets in the last 10 days. We'll discuss Wednesday's win, DeAndre Ayton and the rest of us dealing with icy conditions. You might actually hear some people outside scraping off our sidewalk right now while I'm recording this. Changes to the starting lineup that also happened in Wednesday's game, a bit more injury news, and quickly catch up with rookie Ron Repair on this edition of The Briefcase. After suffering a shorthanded but spirited loss to the Suns in their first game back, the Trailblazers hosted the Brooklyn Nets Wednesday night at Moda Center, again, in the midst of an ice storm here in Portland and in Northwest Oregon, Southwest Washington, as I understand it as well. The game itself was very similar to the game in Brooklyn 10 days prior to that, in which the Blazers kept fighting, kept fighting, kept fighting, were finally able to get over the top in the fourth quarter, sent the game to overtime, and were able to outleg the Nets in overtime behind the play of Jeremy Grant, Malcolm Brogdon, Shaden Sharp, and Anthony Simons. They didn't have as many guys ready to go in the rematch at Moda Center. Shaden Sharp is now out with injury. DeAndre Aiden was not able to make it to the game because of ice, which we'll talk about here in a second. I don't think there's really a whole lot more needs to be said about it, but if everyone else is going to give their opinion on it, I guess I will as well. Blazers stay close throughout the entire game. Once again, make a push in the fourth quarter. Don't have to send this one to overtime, though. They're able, with the game tied at 103-103, about five seconds left on the clock. Malcolm Brogdon inbounds it to Anthony Simons at the top of the three-point line. Simons, already one of the most clutch performers in the NBA this season, shooting 72% effective field goal percentage, 64% field goal percentage, and scoring 5.8 points per game in the clutch this season. All those numbers, top of the NBA. Ant learned from one of the best and has applied those lessons and has shown himself to be an elite late game finisher. 
Michael Bridges, who Anthony Simons works out with in the offseason, one of those Phil Beckner guys, that's kind of Damian Lillard's crew, a bunch of guys who worked with Phil Beckner down in Phoenix during the offseason. A double team kind of comes, but not really. In the game versus the Nets in Brooklyn, they were sending doubles at Ant basically any time he came over half court, which is why they gave the ball to Shaden Sharp to handle quite a bit late in that game as well. This time, though, they at least let him get a catch without another defender on him. It looked like someone was supposed to come up to provide a double, and that's what Chauncey was talking about in terms of fire. But that extra help came far too late. Anthony able to get a floater up over Nick Claxton after getting by Meckel Bridges. The floater goes, only 0.2 seconds left on the clock. The Nets throw a prayer at the rim and isn't answered. Trailblazers win for their 11th victory of the season, their first victory at home in 2024, and both of their victories so far in 2024, if I'm not mistaken, have come versus the Brooklyn Nets. And as I mentioned, it was a rather close game. The Nets led by as many as 11. The Blazers led by as many as seven. There were 25 lead changes and 14 ties in the game. So two very evenly matched teams, which makes sense. As I mentioned last time, they went to overtime. This time, very could have easily gone to overtime. So two teams, the Nets and the Trailblazers, really at similar places right now. While Anthony Simons was able to salt the game away with 14 points in the fourth quarter, including that floater in Portland's last possession. Jeremy Grant, one of the main reasons, if not the main reason the Blazers were in that position in the first place, 30 points on 14 and 26 shooting for Jeremy to go with eight rebounds and an assist in 35 minutes. Malcolm Brogdon getting the start, scoring 16 points on six of 12 shooting to go with six assists, five rebounds, and a steal in 30 minutes. Another strong game from Duop Reith, 17 points, seven rebounds, three assists in 25 minutes for Duop. Scoot had seven points, Tumani had six points, both those guys coming off the bench in Wednesday's game, as we're going to talk about here in a moment. Jabari Walker, four points, six rebounds in his start. So a nice little victory for the Trailblazers, something to feel good about after some very tough games on that road trip. They played well, as I mentioned, versus the Suns, with basically half the team missing, no Matisse Thibel, no Jeremy Grant, no DeAndre Ayton, a number of other players out for with various issues as well. Blazers not able to get that game, but guys like Ron Rupert, who we're going to hear from in a minute, Chris Murray, Duop, of course. All those guys doing a great job. A much more competitive game versus the Suns than we saw basically in any of the losses during that road trip. So you feel good about that, even though you didn't get the win. And then we were able to follow that up two nights later with a win versus the Nets. Makes you feel pretty good going into the last game of this homestand before heading out on yet another week-long road trip. And since for whatever reason it's been a topic of discussion, DeAndre ate not able to get to that game because he was stuck in the ice at his home. I don't know exactly where DeAndre lives, but I know generally where players do live or the environment that they live. They usually live in wooded areas, usually with long driveways. And anyone who's been dealing with this ice in Portland in this storm or in previous storms knows that once that ice comes in, there's really not a whole lot you're able to do about it. DeAndre is healthy enough to play, which is the good news. He's been having that knee issue for a couple weeks now. If he were able to make it to the arena on Wednesday night, he would have played, but he was not. The Blazers are able to get the victory anyways, which... Also makes you wonder why people care all that much about whether or not DeAndre was able to get to a game. But anyone who's dealt with the weather here in Portland, when we get snow, when we get ice, knows exactly what it is. People can have all kinds of different opinions about why didn't you do this or why didn't you do that. If you want to say, hey, you should have had the foresight to go stay in a hotel first, fine. That actually makes sense. What doesn't make sense is everyone saying, why can't you just walk down the street till someone can pick you up? Or why can't you just call a taxi? It's a sheet of ice, people. Cards don't work on ice. There's no options there. If you have a long driveway or if there's a hill or if you're on a side street right now, you cannot do anything unless you have a bunch of de-icer and a crew of dudes that can go out there and break things up. Anyone who's been dealing with this now in Portland could tell you that everyone thinks that they're going to be able to go out there and do something about the ice. They can't. 
There's nothing to be done. When it melts, it melts. We've just decided for whatever reason here that when we get this kind of weather, we just deal with it until it goes away on its own for the most part. I know that there's some mitigation the city and the county does, but basically the idea that DeAndre Ayton should have been able to just get to that game just because, give me a reason why. Tell me what he should have done in order to get to that game. Again, if you want to say he should have left his house the day before, fine. I don't know that I necessarily agree with it, but at least that makes sense. The idea that why don't you get a snowmobile? Why don't you have someone come get you? Because people can't come get you because of the ice. No one can move. It doesn't work. And I know that a lot of the reason is because of it's just DeAndre Ayton, so people want to get the jokes off, which, fine, okay. But long story short, let it go, people. We know what we're dealing with here in Portland. I don't try to tell you how you deal with the inclement weather wherever you're from. Stop trying to tell us how we should deal with it here. And as Damon Stottlemyre and other people have pointed out, there's actually a precedent for this in Portland. Dale Davis, years and years ago, could not get out of his driveway as well. Damon Stottlemyre mentioned that on Twitter today and said that, <laughs> that Dale Davis almost died trying to get from the west side to the arena. So it's not like it doesn't happen. Anyone who's ever driven out there knows that there's a lot of courage on the streets until you hit that first patch of ice and then you're sitting. In fact, this weekend... I was somewhere, guy across the street was literally couldn't get moved out of a parking lot that was half thought out. Pushed his car back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Finally got it delodged. Rather than trying again, the guy packed up his stuff and walked away. And also, by the way, I've been to your cities when you guys do have weather and you don't deal with it nearly as well as you try to act like you do. So stop fronting. Wrapping up a little more from that win on Wednesday, as I mentioned, a starting lineup change, which we previewed actually on the last edition of the briefcase, didn't end up happening. Chauncey Billups said he wanted to get back to town before he decided to make that switch. Scoot Henderson and Tumani Kamara going to the bench, at least in Wednesday's game, being replaced by Malcolm Brogdon and Jabari Walker. Now, Billups did say that if Shaden Sharp had been healthy, he would have started in place of Malcolm Brogdon, getting back to the Ant-Shaden backcourt, which is, I think, something we talked about on the last edition of the briefcase. Tumani getting replaced by Jabari felt like they just need more rebounding, more toughness. It's something Jabari gives the team. And it's not that Scoot or Tumani were playing especially bad, but basically Chauncey had just noted that they need to get off to better starts and they felt like they maybe needed to have more veteran presence out there, maybe a bit more shooting out there as well in order to get off to better starts. And it's not always as if you get off to a bad start and that's the reason why you lost a game or why you weren't competitive in the game. But Chauncey Billups had mentioned, and I would agree with him, that for the Blazers recently, particularly on that last trip, one of the reasons they weren't competitive is because they were getting down very early in games, basically before they had a chance to kind of get to the flow of the game, they're already down 15, 20 points. That does not work. So deciding to go with Malcolm Brogdon and Jabari Walker, at least for the time being, I imagine they'll probably stick with that for a while, particularly when Shaden Sharp gets back. Again, as I mentioned on the last edition, from a lineup perspective, from a rotation perspective, it just seems to me like it makes a bit more sense to have Anthony Simons and Shane Sharp out there together with Scoot Henderson coming off the bench rather than the other way around. I think with Tumani, who obviously didn't start the season, Matisse was a starter at the beginning of the season at that small forward position. Now they're going to go with Jabari. I think they like the combination of Jeremy Grant and Jabari Walker together. Jeremy, you obviously have a guy who's an elite scorer, a guy who can get to the basket. With Jabari, you have a guy who's able to rebound, has a nose for the ball. Obviously, Scoot and Tumani, very important to this team, will be very important to this team going forward. But for the time being, Chauncey Billups has wanted to try something different. 
Obviously, they were able to get the win versus Brooklyn the other night. I imagine if for no other reason, they will continue to go with a different starting lineup until Chauncey has cause to change. He also noted too, that that was again, something he planned on doing all season this year was tinkering and making changes to that starting lineup and the rotation based off how the team was playing and who they're playing against. Obviously, when you're a team like the Blazers, you're a young team, you're not winning a ton of games. It does give you the latitude and the ability to maybe try a few different things. And I think it's smart that Chauncey Billups is taking that opportunity right now. We'll see how that plays out going forward, particularly when Shaden Sharp is able to get back into the lineup. And on the topic of Shaden Sharp, the team announced that further imaging has since demonstrated that he has a lower abdominal strain. He will be reevaluated in two weeks, which was about a few days ago. So it'll probably be reevaluated in about 11 to 12 days at this point. That's just a reevaluation as well, not necessarily saying he's going to return at that point. That's been something that Shaden has been dealing with for a while now. I assume it's related to the abductor injury that he's had. Hopefully, that's not something that's going to linger. I think we're a little gun-shy about those injuries in Portland for obvious reasons. You had Damian Lillard, you had Nas Little, both those guys having those pelvic bowl injuries. I don't know if that's exactly the case with Shaden, and I'm quite certain it's not nearly as severe whatever it is. But they really want to make sure that they're not going to put Shaden in a situation where he's going to miss extended time this season. So sitting him down for a couple weeks, hopefully not too much longer than that. When he does return, I imagine he'll maybe play a few games off the bench before getting into the starting lineup so we can see how that Ant-Shaden backcourt works again. But for the time being, Malcolm Brogdon likely getting the start in place of Shaden Sharp as he recovers from that injury. Once again, hopefully nothing too awful bad. The rest of the team is getting healthy. As I mentioned, Jandre Ayton, ready to go. Ibu Baji, about ready to go. Had a nice game versus the Nets as well. Robert Williams III, obviously out for the season. Moses Brown, fractured wrist. He was at the game the other night, but he's out for some time too. I think at least six weeks. So basically, you're only down to a few guys. So if they're able to get Shaden squared away after a few weeks of inactivity, you feel pretty good about where this team is at, who's going to be available going into the All-Star break and after. All right, moving on, we're going to skip going over the offensive and defensive rating updates on this edition and just get straight to betting the Blazers. Your Portland Trailblazers, two and two versus the spread in their last four games. They were 13 and a half point underdog to the Oklahoma City Thunder and lost by 62. Boy, I've already ejected that game from my memory, so that's about all we're going to talk about here on the briefcase. Next night in Minneapolis, Trailblazers, 16-point underdogs and lose by 23 to the Timberwolves. Return home, 14-point underdogs to the Phoenix Suns and cover by losing by 11. And then on Wednesday, 5-point underdogs to the Brooklyn Nets end up winning that game by 2 in order to cover. So as I mentioned, 2-2 two and two in their last four games versus the spread. And on the season, the Blazers are now 18-22 and 22 versus the spread. In terms of their season-long over-under, they are 38% of the way to hitting the over of 28.5 wins, but they're now 49% of the way through the season, so they're falling further and further behind schedule in terms of hitting that over of 28.5 wins. They're going to really have to get moving if they're going to hit the over. It seems more and more likely that that might not be the case. And really, more than anything, you just like to see them playing some better basketball, which they have been doing since they returned home from that trip. We'll see if they're able to do it as they head back out for another extended trip at the end of the week. All right, before we wrap up this edition of The Briefcase, I wanted to give you guys a quick little conversation I had with Ron Rupert after the Blazers lost to the Suns Sunday night. Rupert, a 6'6", 185-pound forward, who was the 43rd pick of the 2023 NBA draft, who played most recently before the Trailblazers with the New Zealand Breakers, the French native, having one of his best games as a Trailblazer, actually absolutely his best game as a Trailblazer, 11 points on 4 or 5 shooting from the field, 3 or 3 shooting from 3, 
five rebounds, and two assists in 14 minutes, played some important minutes in the fourth quarter. That game, 127-116. The Suns had to fight for that game in the fourth quarter, and Repair was one of the players that applied some pressure in that game. Really liking what we've seen out of Rayon, has had an opportunity to spend quite a bit of time with the remix, build up some confidence, build up some reps, get back out there and show what he can do, show why he was so coveted by the Trailblazers in the 2023 draft. So I talked to Rian about his play versus Phoenix, going back and forth between the Trailblazers and the remix, which can be kind of difficult, by the way, too, particularly when you're a young player going back and forth, back and forth. That can be difficult, but Rian is doing a great job dealing with it. He talks a little about that as well, where he feels like he's made the most progress this season and what kind of player he thinks he can be. Quick little Rian repair check-in. Let's go ahead and hear from Rian. Here with Rian Repair. Uh, so Rian, uh, just your thoughts on the on the game tonight and uh, getting to, to play some extended minutes and in the fourth quarter as well. Oh uh, yeah, it was a good occasion for um, opportunity for me, you know, to to be able to to be on the court and uh, you know show to, to the coach that uh, I can help uh, the team different way, you know, just take my open shot and try to to make the right play every time I step on the floor. How would you say things are coming along for you? A few months in now, um, you obviously been with the team, you spent some time in the G Leagues. How do you feel like your, your growth is coming along in your first season? Oh, it's a long process, yeah. a long process. Uh, I just want you know, to, to work out every day, be patient, try to learn the most I can from the, the vet on the team. And yeah, it's a process, so I just got to like, keep, keep working. What are maybe some of the, the specific things that you've been working on? Uh, my super chat, you know, to, to be able to, to space the floor and uh, just try to make the, the wide play every time and uh, play with more physicality uh, because, you know, this league is very fast and more physical than what I used to, to see before. So, yeah, just be more physical and make the wide play every time. Having seen you at Summer League and seeing you now, you, you look a lot different. Like, you look a lot more confident. You've grown a bit as well. How would you say that from kind of your first time you played for Summer League to, like, tonight's game... How would you say that like you're you're different personally and as a as a basketball player? Yeah, I was very bad in my first uh, <laughs> my first game at the Summer League. I remember against Houston, but yeah, like I said, uh, it's just about about working working out every day, uh, learn the most I can, watch film, and yeah, just try to learn and uh, be at the gym every day, try to chat every day. Uh, what's it been like playing with the remix? How, how's that experience been for you? Oh, uh, big experience, big experience for me. Uh, I'm still a very young player, so you know I gotta, I gotta play. I gotta be on the court to learn, make mistakes. So yeah, be with the, play with the remix. Yeah, it's, a, it's a big opportunity for me to, you know, keep improving my game and be a better player. And it seems maybe it might help you build your confidence too to be able to go out and get the reps and and have the experience that it's just hard to get if you're if you're just playing in practices. Yeah, facts. And uh, you know when I play with the remix, uh, I have more the ball in my hand mm-hmm. too. So yeah, I can show different parts of my game too. So yeah, it's a, it's a good opportunity for me. What kind of player do you think you can become? I think I can be more than a three and G. I was a point guard when I was in high school in France. So. Yeah, I just want to be the, the best two-way player uh, as possible. So but I got a long way to, to be this player. So I just got to like, keep working, be patient, and uh, my time will come. Uh, you you joined up with the team during that road trip. What's it been like to, to be with the remix one game and then get on a plane and then be with the Trailblazers the next game? Like, Is that difficult? Is it hard to kind of 
to go back and forth, back and forth, or is it something you've just become accustomed to? Uh, at the beginning, yeah, yeah. I was honestly, yeah, I was tired, but <laughs> yeah, now uh, I just got to be wedgy every time. I know uh, each team can call me every day, so I just got to be wedgy. And uh, at the end of the day, it's just basketball, you know. I love to play basketball, so with the G League and with the NBA, uh, I'm always wedgy. Off the court, how, how are things going for you? Uh, have, have you figured out places you'd like to go, your, your housing situation? Like, do you feel like you're, you're squared away on, a, on that personal level? Yeah, to be honest, I don't do anything special. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> we have a lot of games, a lot of practice. So I don't have a lot of day off, so I just go to the gym. And I live in Lake Oswego, so I just chill in my home, and that's all. <laughs> Absolutely. Going forward, what are, you, what are you kind of hoping to get accomplished this season? Uh, I imagine you, you're hoping to maybe play some more minutes with the team and, and expand your skills. Like, what are what are maybe some of your goals going into the next couple months? Yeah, for, for the next couple months, uh, I just want to keep working and keep learning for, for my teammate. And, uh, yeah, I want to have some, some more minutes, you know, to, to keep improving my game. And, yeah, just learn the most I can. It's my first year. I'm a rookie, so the most important thing for me is just to improve my game and improve, uh, improve as a player every day. So there you go. Some good stuff there from Rian. I have a hard time talking to Rian and not transporting myself back 15 years to when a young, fresh-faced Frenchman named Nicholas Batum arrived in Portland early on in my career. Obviously, there's some similarities there between Rian and Nick. As a story I told a while ago, which I probably should ask him about, he actually met Nicholas Batum. He won a contest because of his play where he got to come to the United States when Nick was in Charlotte to spend some time with Nick as a young player. He's got some photos of that too. It's pretty cool stuff. Both lanky, both athletic, both soft-spoken. I see a lot of similarities there. I don't want to saddle Rian with that or even limit him to that either, but I just know when I sit down there and I talk to Rian, it, it takes me back to a, a time when I was a bit younger, a bit less jaded, and uh, it, it, it's a pleasure for me. And it's a pleasure to watch Rian out there play. You can absolutely see the kind of player that he could become. You understand why the Blazers decided to use that pick on Rayon. I believe they had him in for a couple workouts. He fell a bit in the draft. I'm sure they were absolutely ecstatic to be able to get him at 43. And hopefully a guy who, now with the remix, now the Blazers have a place to put young players where they can go, get some reps in, and then still able to come back and play with the main team when it makes sense. I think that's going to accelerate his growth. We've already seen that accelerated for quite a few of the young players on this team. It's a great thing going forward. Really good for Rian. Really good for guys like Justin Manaya. Really good for guys like Chris Murray. And to be frank, really good for the Trailblazers and their fans. And that's going to do it for this edition of The Briefcase. Thank you so much for joining me, as always. New additions once we're back on the road. Seems like we've only been home for a minute, but that's just the way it goes during the season, particularly after having a December where we were at home almost the entire time. So I will talk to you from the road. Stay safe. Stay dry. Stay warm. Don't try to be a badass in front of strangers by doing stupid stuff on the ice. And go Blazers. <laughs>